Welcome to Day by Day Insights, where we share stories and bring joy via honest and down-to-earth discussions. We are your hosts, Lachelle Marlowe and Femi Onamusi. Join us as we explore real issues that affect everyday people in short but exciting episodes every Wednesday. Is comparing benchmarking a help or hindrance when it comes to personal development and how we see ourselves? Today, we are going to be talking about imposter syndrome. Hi, Michelle. Hello, Fumi. Welcome back, everyone, and thanks for tuning in again for another amazing episode and journey. Thank you. Yes, true. As human beings, we are often stricken with what um, I often call the comparison disease. We are constantly comparing ourselves to others. This leads to both positive self-views when comparing ourselves favorably and negative self-views when comparing ourselves unfavorably. Yes. And if we just take a minute to just kind of look at what do we mean when we talk about imposter syndrome? I know to some degree, absolutely, to some degree, it's something that's been badged around But I think we really just need to strip it back and look at what does it mean? This tendency to discount or diminish obvious evidence of our abilities. So I guess in a way it's the feeling, if we were to break that down, uh, does that mean it's the feeling of not being expert enough, Mm. good enough, um, intuitive enough, smart enough, you know, all the enoughs that we can think of um, to do or say what people expect of us even though there's daily evidence that you're already doing and saying just that. I mean, what do you, what do you think about that? You know, I, I really, really should probably have a PhD in imposter syndrome because seriously, <laughs> it is, before I even knew what it meant or if that it was a thing, it's something that I've always, always struggled with. Just comparing yourself to someone else. That person that might not even know you exist, or they might have their own daily struggles and and looking at you know what they're good at and and i think it just goes down to a baseline of of in my case low self-esteem yeah why why take the time to say i'm not good enough in something or that someone else is better than to say hey you know step out of yourself and say how could i achieve those goals how could i look at defining myself in a more positive position as opposed to a place of depreciation. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think to, I want to add something to what you've just said, Michelle, because um, I know we use, we, t- we sometimes use um, self-esteem or low self-esteem interchangeably with mm. imposter syndrome. And um, just because, and I, this is probably because I've just recently done a video on low self-esteem and I was trying to unpack you know, what sits behind low self-esteem. And sometimes the the reasons behind suffering, you know, having low self-esteem are real, are true. Mm. You know, I'm struggling because I'm overweight or someone's struggling because they have body odor, you know, or mouth odor and stuff like that. Whereas I suppose where imposter syndrome is then an extension of that is where the basis of that low self-esteem is unfounded ah i see see what i mean Mm. so you um have you know you 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 are at a workplace you have to give a speech or a conference and you're completely petrified Mm. because you feel you're not good enough but actually 
you're already there. You already got a seat at the table mm. because you were good enough. You know, that is so interesting. You should, it reminds me of a couple of points that you hit on in your Mind to Gap uh, YouTube video that I, 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 it just really impressed upon my heart. Yes, I, I am a fan, but putting that to the side, mm. you really articulated some points that just resonated with me just in terms of, is there any validity to something that someone else may have said or something that you might be telling yourself mm -hmm. and a lot of that is it's there's there's no substance to it yeah so and i think if we're looking at neurological studies and how our brains work um i i think there's sometimes your body and your mind works to preserve itself from how things have Absolutely. evolved. Absolutely, that is so you know? true. Yeah. So if there is a basis in any fear, your body will automatically, your mind will start telling you those things to keep you safe. Mm -hmm. Even if there's no basis in reality. Um, I tell you, put me in, in a room in a small group setting with two or three people and wow, I, I, can, I can work the space. You put me at a podium with 500 eyeballs, 500 sets of eyeballs staring at me. I can't speak. I can't talk. It freaks me out. I'm going under the table in a fetal position. Mm -hmm. Jack Flash. Mm -hmm. And there's no need for that. There's no, because you can already speak. You already have mm. the content to share mm. in your head. <laughs> so whether it's two people, it's 500 people, you already have the thing to say. And if someone heard you speak in a small group setting and was completely bowled over by what you said or bowled over by what you said, enough for them to then invite you, the content of what you have to say is still there. It's still in your brain or in your mind. The skills and experiences that you have are still yours to share. Wow. And, and, and. It's this, this is actually highlighting at the top of the, when we're getting ready to start recording and it just hit me in my mind. I just saw imposter syndrome in really big words, just like all the letters trying to get into my brain. And I just mm. froze up mm. and started tripping over my words a bit because this is a topic that is so real. And I think doing some mindfulness and just, you know, doing some journaling and stuff like that. I really convince myself and I have to battle it every day. My voice is invalid. Yeah. And I don't have anything worth saying to people. And mm. I fight that every day. And it just almost paralyzed me even in this session. Mm. Um, so, so yes, guys, listen, it's, this is, the struggle is, is real. The struggle is real girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I, you know, for, for someone who has, um, worked in professional services i've worked running a business mm. i have had speaking engagements uh, this for me is real because every single time there's a victory i feel like there's a victory to 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 celebrate i have to first of all break down the imposter syndrome barrier mm. every single time so it's never a battle that is completely won i mm. find that um it's a war. It's mm. ongoing and I have to conquer it every single every time. Single so I suppose, you know, having said that and knowing that it's, and maybe for some people it's one and done, you know, they've done it, they've, they've resolved it, mm. but that hasn't been my reality as mm. a woman of color in this country. Um, and I have had lots of victory to victories to celebrate, but I find that every time before I claim the gold medal, I have to first of all, you know, 
quit thinking like an imposter and thinking, mm. well, actually, I earned it. This isn't, right. it's not a token. I earned it. I worked hard and I earned it, this. So for me, I have some lessons to share mm. about how to stop thinking like an imposter. Oh, yes. Um, and, you know, we, we could, I suppose we could just discuss that. And yeah, that so, sounds like a great practical approach. Practical approach. Yeah. So um, I, I can start with the first one. Sure. Uh, I think for me, the first one is what we're already doing, break the silence mm. um, about it. Um, because a lot of people don't, because it's an internal struggle. Um, and remember, that's why I was making the point about how um, imposter syndrome is slightly different from low self-esteem because low self-esteem sometimes might be grounded in the truth. Mm. But with imposter syndrome, you're feeling like an imposter, but you're already there. Mm. Um, and that even in a way has a cloud of secrecy and silence around it because you don't want anyone to know that you feel like you don't belong there. Absolutely. <laughs> so I, but I feel that the first thing to do is break the silence. Who can you talk to? Um, to to sort of say this is how I'm feeling. Obviously, not the people who feel you belong there, because you mm. don't want to um, raise any doubt as to the validity of your presence. It'll be like a self fulfilling prophecy. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, I break the silence would be my first point. And and I think, you know, going along with that is being able to feel like it's okay to be vulnerable. Yeah. Um. And I think there's a little bit of humility, but also knowing that the safe space, the safe space, and the people that you feel safe around to break that silence is critical. Mm -hmm. um, because if if you don't feel like the space is safe for you to be vulnerable, then I think potentially it could do more harm than good and reinforce all the toxic feelings that ensue with imposter syndrome. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. That that's absolutely correct. Um. So I think, uh, I wonder if I should give an example on that one. Oh, yes. Do you think You're that'll be storytelling. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So around the break the silence one. So for me, um, one way I always really struggled, well, I always felt the biggest part, I think, for my imposter syndrome was um, my accent. Mm. Um, so I'm, you know, from Nigeria, uh, came into the UK many years ago, but I still have my accent. It doesn't affect my grammar or the fact that I know that I'm well-spoken. Mm. I know that I'm confident and I know my stuff. But when I get the opportunity to speak before a very large audience, the biggest part of the voice in my head mm. is they're not going to understand a word of what you're saying. Oh. You don't really belong here. These people don't look like you. They don't mm. speak like you. They're not going to understand your accent. Mm. And that used to just completely paralyze me. Wow. And um, I decided to take charge of that and break the silence where whenever I had to speak in groups that had more than four or five people and I had to stand at a podium, I would usually, I don't do that anymore now, but I would usually start by saying, hello, my name is Finmi. I, um, uh, you know, I do have an accent like you can as you can tell, mm -hmm. um, when I get passionate, uh, a lot of my accent comes back and, you know, my voice sounds guttural and quite thick. If at any point I lose you, please feel free to put a hand up and I'll backtrack and repeat myself. And I found that when I did that, there would be no nods of understanding in the mm -hmm. room. Mm -hmm. And that gave me power 
over the fear that I had. Um, and no one actually ever did put their hand up, but it meant that I was in better control because I had okay. voiced out that concern. Mm. And then I could just carry on, share what I share my stuff. I really appreciate that you took steps to empower yourself. But I just, I find that you having to justify who you are in the way. Yeah. I would probably be offended if someone would put their hand up, put their <laughs> hand up because they probably would have a thicker accent from yeah. another part of the world than you. Yeah. And I'd be like, well, that's cheap. <laughs> but to be honest, it was yeah. never really about Wonderful. them. It was yeah. my way of processing mm-hmm. that imposter syndrome. Okay. I, I already had a seat at the table. Mm. Someone already thought I had something to say. Mm. That's why I was there. Absolutely. If the person felt my accent was so was much so much of a burden, they wouldn't have invited me to That's speak true. in the first place. That's true. So really me doing that small spiel at the start was silencing that voice in my head mm. that said, you don't belong here because of your accent. You're taking your power back. I was taking the power back. Absolutely. And I know I don't have to do that now, especially when I'm at large conferences and events. I just sort of go for because it. Because you have like... When, when you arrive at a certain echelon in life, you, you go from being who you are to having the Oprah <laughs> accent. So, you know, it's like, yes, you know, so it's like, oh, I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. <laughs> All right. Oh, you do. Next time, next time you listen to Oprah, mm-hmm. you know, you just be like, oh, yes. <laughs> you're weird. I All right. Point number two <laughs> is separating feelings from fat. Now, I think this is something you really have to do. And I I think for me, it's one of those, you know, positive actions to take back your power. What is reality? What is something that is just, it's not, it's not fact, it's feelings. And, and just being more emotionally intelligent and being honest with yourself. Mm -hmm. And, and one of the examples I, I would say is with imposter syndrome, um, Let's just put it on on the table, being in a safe face, vulnerable. I've put on a lot of weight. Mm. I've put on a lot of weight, but I can still do my asanas. I can still wreck all kinds of, you know, positionings, you know, when I'm living on the mat. But I, one of my big desires is to become a a yoga teacher and specifically working um, in the space of special needs, special educational needs with children. And that's something that I'm involved in. And one of the things was, oh, you can't, you, you don't look like what a yoga teacher would look like. And you've gained a lot of weight. Um, and the fact is I have a passion for these beautiful young people and enabling them to feel safe in their bodies, mm-hmm. to link in with the earth, and their environments to communicate and to be okay in their own skin. And if I want to convey that message to them, then I need to live that message off of the mat. So true. Yeah. So true. No, I I like that fact. So it's basically separating what's feeling from from fact. No, I love that. Um, Another one I'd like, and I think we've sort of spoken to this point, is um, accentuating the positive. Mm. Accentuating the positive. Um, and I, sometimes the impulsive syndrome voice can be so overwhelming mm. that you just have to post, um, to focus on what is positive. What, what are the facts that I can see? Mm. Um, even if it's as simple as saying, okay, um, I know this stuff or I know that stuff. 
or I have this degree or, you know, it's hard to give specific examples because, you know, some people struggle with imposter syndrome in different different ways. But in that particular situation, just think about all the positives and then sort of list those positive things. It's, It's amazing how empowering that can be. Um, in that particular situation when you feel completely overwhelmed like oh I'm in the wrong room I don't belong here um, and I you know have a few examples of that but I'll see what do you think uh, absolutely it, it's like you're rewriting your narrative you are putting the actuating the things that matter the things that will help you overcome and keep walking your walk mm-hmm. and keep being authentic to yourself and I think that's really important it could very well be putting something on you know wake up with your affirmations or mm-hmm. you declare something to yourself maybe some post-it notes at the side of the bed because you know you know the pop imposter is going to come out um funny enough you should mention this I was just in in like a boot camp um, you know, with screw the nine to five with Jill and Josh Stanton. And they, they were talking about, you know, you know, rewriting your history and looking at things from a positive point of view, not so much, Oh, I'm, I'm a millionaire and make it no talk where you are mm. said, I, I believe in myself. I have confidence. I am going to commit to something. So even though you're not where you want to be, acknowledging and having a positive voice on your journey is very empowering, Mm. you know, and I think that lends itself nicely to looking at developing a new response to failure and mistake making. Mm. And this is something that is so important. I don't understand. Look, you know, even though I was born in the seventies, I am 22 plus, <laughs> but even so, whether it's the shortened version or the longer version, this is the first time I've done life. Mm. So why on earth would I beat myself up on a daily basis for something, an experience that I may never have had before for, you know, doing something instead of us saying, I failed at something, to say, I tried at something. Hmm. That's the way you can Jackie Chan imposter syndrome into the long grass. I've given my imposter syndrome a name, Caroline G. That's the (laughs) name that I've given my imposter syndrome. So I am disassociating myself from something that I really, really don't like and I don't rate. That way I can own the truth of my experience. Mm. And anytime Caroline G raises her ugly, mean, negative head, I could say stop for you right there because I am going to look at this as an opportunity to grow and develop and not as a failure. Okay, so Lachelle, you're going to have to think of another name than Caroline because you do know my mom's, my mom's name is Caroline. Oh, so. yes, but her name is not Caroline G. <laughs> And that she's tele- gonna come after you when she oh, hears this episode. She's no, no, like, no, her name is Mama. <laughs> <laughs> Mama in. So listen, there, there is a long history behind the the imposter, which shall be named something else, and that is gonna be for a whole different episode yeah. of Day by Day Insights. Yeah, indeed, indeed. No, but I like that idea of yeah. recognizing it for what it is, and so I'll just put it put in a stop there. Yeah. Um, what do you think? Should we share one more, one more, um, one more? Yeah, example? let's share one let's, more. Let's I think this more. is something we can definitely revisit in yeah, future episodes. Yeah. Okay, so I think for me, if I were to give one more, it would be um, developing a new script. Oh, and I know I this that. is so similar. In, in a way, it might feel similar to what you said about um, developing a new res- response to failure. But I, 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 
should I say developing a new script or may- basically write the rules? Yes. So uh, maybe, um, uh, you know, if you work in, a, in an industry or in a sector that's very male dominated and because you're a woman in that space, you automatically feel like you're in the wrong place or wrong mm. space to be. Um, if you are, another example is if you are a, a woman, a, a person of color in a place that's very, um, you know, very, uh, not very diverse. Mm, Again, mm. that might be something that makes you feel like you're in the wrong place. So writing the rules can, can take place in a number of ways. If you are the, the unique person in that particular space, you're bringing attention to your diversity. Yeah. So you are saying people can be diverse and do this. Wow. Uh, I'll give you an, another example with the company that I ran, you know, uh, being in the car business space is very male dominated. Mm. So uh, that was my biggest, this was not put on me by anyone. I put this on myself. Mm. I felt like I didn't belong in that industry because it, it's for males. You know, men talk about cars, men know about cars. First, I don't even like cars. <laughs> that you was know. what was so hilarious. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> It's a means to an end. And here I am in this business that's all about cars. Um, so how do I, how did I rewrite the rules? One of the first things I did was to hire someone who was a man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so fine. I know I was sticking off the stereotype there. He was a man. Um, but um, I then educated myself. I sort of brought myself off, up to speed. Mm. But what I did was also to show that a woman can be in this industry, can be in this sector. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it was interesting. Absolutely. And I got invited to speak and do stuff, even though I was a woman. So I was able to shed. You because know, you were a woman who knew your who stuff. Who knew my stuff. And, and I, I just love that story and rewriting the rules to define your own narrative because it wasn't just for you. It yeah. was the perception that yes, you can own your position you can own your space, yeah. um, other people. So you're changing their mental framework when they look at people engaging in this kind of space. And there's other little girls that are watching you. You know, it's not just her daddy doing business. It could be her mommy as well and yeah. thriving. Yeah. So you, you're writing the narrative for yourself for right now in this moment, but also for other generations to come. And I think that is pretty awesome. Well, that's great. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thanks for, for that comment, Michelle. So um, should we let, let's stop it here? I think so. <clears throat> I've really enjoyed this session. Yes. Um, I hope if you're listening to us, you've enjoyed it as well. Um, like we said earlier, the struggle with imposter syndrome is real. real. It is so real. And we really would like to hear your thoughts, particularly mm-hmm. on some of the points, maybe sharing your stories, yeah. um, overcoming, if you're feeling confident and safe to do so, how you overcome, because you could pay that experience and the blessings that came out of that to another woman. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So please do share if you have any stories or examples, like Lachelle said, um, if you've been, uh, blessed or encouraged by any of our own stories or examples please do let us know because yeah. this is part of the thing about imposter syndrome as well when we decided to do this podcast i think we both felt a little bit of that as well like oh yeah. they all those big guys what do we even know about exactly. this stuff exactly but we've sort of followed the same rules we've you know broken the silence we've separated the feelings from the fact we know the fact is we have stuff to share 
We do have nervousness about mm-hmm. it. As so- you probably heard at the top of this episode. That's all, folks. Yeah. So please show some love. Yes. Let us know what you think. And we'll see you next week. Absolutely. And remember to like, share, and comment. Day by Day Insights loves you. And thanks so much for spending a bit of time with us today. Peace. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to subscribe, review, and share.